we are here and we're so glad that you're joining us. You are listening to Resident Strangers. I'm your host, Sarah Shallow, and I'm joined by my other hosts, Steve Ingram and Rich Holland. We are so excited to be continuing our conversation on the resurrection. I'm sure you could tell last week we were racing the clock. There was so much that we wanted to talk about that we just had to continue the conversation. So we're here again, but wanted to remind you in the show notes or the emails that go out, if you're listening on our website versus on a Uh, podcast platform, we are linking resources. We are linking articles. We are linking books. We are linking other podcasts, other people who have studied this. So don't miss out on that. We encourage you to do your own research to learn about this for yourself, but we're so glad that you're here joining us in this conversation. So Rich had some things he wanted to just tie up before we continue. Yeah. And I I really, I appreciate that reminder uh, about the things we link in the show notes and uh, really there's, there's all sorts of uh, resources available. Anybody who's interested in this sort of thing, um, you know, this, this, most of what we talked about last time uh, fits into the field called Christian apologetics, which is just uh, thinking about uh, uh, defending the reasonability of the Christian faith. Right. And so that's, we did that a lot last time and we were up against the clock and it was, it felt a little rushed, I guess, but uh, I'm, I'm glad we did it that way. And and I would encourage everybody who's listening to, um, to uh, embark on your own thinking about that. I don't, I don't want anybody to believe that Jesus rose from the dead because they heard it on a podcast. <laughs> it's it's so important that it's worth it for you to really become convinced that Jesus rose from the dead. And so uh, the points we went over last time, Steve, the, the facts that historians agree on, uh, it, it really is a matter of we, we have to, any reasonable person, you have to look at that and you yes. have to decide what is the best explanation of those facts. And uh, to me, it seems pretty clear that the best explanation is that Jesus rose from the dead. Absolutely. It is. I want to change focus now kind of for the remainder of our time, because what we've been trying to do is take one week to kind of talk the theological uh, minutia points of, of of a doctrine, of a theology, and then come back to practical And one of the things that to me saddens my heart is if I think if you would ask most Bible believing Christians, how does the resurrection affect your life today? You'd probably get a pause. Mm, Yeah. And yet the resurrection is not only that crux on which all Christianity hangs, but it it truly is that thing that should be affecting and does affect whether we recognize it or, or not, our life every day. And I want to, I just wanted to list four or five things here that for me are so important um, that I hope that you'll get and that you'll be able to stand upon. So the first thing, and we, Rich read this last week there in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 17, and it says, and if Christ has not been raised from your, been raised, your faith is worthless and you are still in your sins. So the one thing that the resurrection assures us is of our standing in forgiveness. And the reason that to me that is so important as a believer 
is that as we are walking this road to sanctification of trying to become more like Jesus, none of us are perfect. We still, as Christians, sin. And obviously now we have an enemy who tempts and tries to persuade because uh, he's against God. He's against God's people. That's just what he does. And one of his, one of his biggest schemes is he, man, he baits the hook. He makes the fruit look so good. And then the moment we step across the line, he turns it on us with the guilt and the shame. And, and you call yourself a Christian. And yet you did this. Or look about what you did last week. Or, and he wants us to live in the guilt of our sin that has been forgiven, that has been paid for. And what the resurrection of Christ reminds us is that we stand today in the sight of our God in Jesus, completely righteous, not just sinless, but with Christ's righteousness upon us, that we are accepted in the beloved, as it says in the book of Ephesians. And he wants us to have to live in this guilt and this shame of our life that keeps our eyes off of Jesus. Quite honestly, what it does is it puts our eyes upon us. And when we can understand the power of the resurrection is the power that Jesus could do exactly what he said he would do, which was wash all of our sins away, and we can walk in that freedom. Now, does that mean that we just could go sin and go, okay, it's all for, no, 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 no. No, there's, there's confession, there's repentance, there's, there's all of those things to align our hearts back to the Lord which is how, as, as a Christian, we should always walk with that, that heart of humility, that heart of repentance and, and confessing. But knowing that when we have taken it to the Lord, that, it, that it's clean. Yeah, let, let's not go past this too quick. This is, the, this is amazing stuff here. So you, in verse 17, uh, you, you read it there. If Christ is not risen, your faith is fuel, and you're still in your sins— so, Steve, for those of us who have placed our faith in Christ, then we're not in our sins. No. No, we're not. And we're not guilty before God. No. We stand clean before the God of the universe. Uh, you know, he's taken our sin away as far as the east is from the west. He's buried it in the depths of the sea. And I like how somebody added to that. And he's put up a no fishing sign. But the enemy always wants us to go fishing. The enemy always wants to bring up stuff from the past. And that's what causes Christians to live in defeat. That I, you know, I can't do it. Okay, it works for, for the pastor and it works for that person. But boy, I'm just, I can't do this. And what I want you to understand, because Jesus has risen from the dead and you have put your faith and trust in Jesus that you are part of the beloved. I love that passage in Ephesians 1 where it talks about our acceptance before Christ. But in my mind, the Ingram translation of that is when you show up into the presence of God, man, he gets a smile on his face because you are his beloved child and he sees you in Christ. 
And again, that is not a license to go sin. In fact, if anything, it is motivation to, to live for Jesus. But in those moments when we do fail and in those moments where the enemy wants to drag stuff from the past, what we point to is we point to the empty tomb. Jesus said, I'm going to go die. I'm going to pay for your sins. I'm going to rise from the dead. And that's exactly what he did. And because you put your faith in him, forgiven. Mm. And, and I love that. The second thing he mentions here in uh, in 1 Corinthians 15 starts in verse 20, uh, but it's about our future. But now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. For since by a man came death, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. Verse 22, for as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive, but each in his own order, Christ the firstfruit, and after that, those who are Christ at his coming. We are assured that this world is not our home. We are assured of a better day. We are assured of life everlasting, not just even because Jesus told us, but Jesus by the resurrection has, is the first fruit of the harvest of resurrection that is coming. And so we know, we know that we are going to go and to be with him because he conquered death. Mm. And so we don't have to fear death. Jesus has already conquered that for us. We know we have this incredible future being in his presence of, of being in that world of where there's equity and justice and there is no more sin and there is no more sorrow and there is no more heartbreak and there is no more broken relationships because Jesus has already conquered death. It's begun so those of us who are in Christ then, uh, who belong to God through Christ, we have to look forward to our own resurrection. Yeah. Um, and, and Paul addresses that later on in 1 Corinthians 15. Um, so, uh, let's see, 42. The body is sown corruption. It's raised in incorruption. And one of the things, Steve, that the point you're making makes me think of is and I think this is really, really a practical implication of the resurrection in our own lives is that when we experience suffering, we look to the resurrection of Jesus to have courage and hope in the midst of our suffering. We recognize that I recognize that my body is broken. Uh, we I live in weakness. I live in corruption and I constantly, from the moment I'm, you know, grown up and I'm, I'm now, it's like automatic. I'm, the trajectory is decay and death, yes. right? All of us experience that to one degree or another. Some people suffer a lot worse than others. We think of disease. We think of uh, it just accidents and injuries and things like that with our bodies that bring about sometimes very intense suffering that people uh, go through in this life. And this obviously this is not the whole answer to the problem of suffering, but we're going to do an yeah. episode on it. We were talking before yeah, this week. We'll do an episode on suffering, but this is part of the answer, right? This yes, is part absolutely. of what we look to for courage in the midst of our pain and suffering is that we know that on the basis of Jesus resurrection, that I look forward, he, 
I look forward to the day where I am raised to new life, that my uh, broken, worn out, corrupted body that suffers weakness and disease and all that is going to be replaced by a new body, a, a, a resurrected body where my suffering and my pain are no more. And it all goes back to Jesus. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction, suffering, Mm. is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And I don't know what you may be going through today in your life, physically, emotionally, financially, relationally, but you may be going through a difficult time of suffering. And I'm so sorry. It's hard. This life is hard. But if you know Jesus, he rose from the dead. There's a better day coming. Keep your eyes fixed on that day. Looking ahead, I tell you, the, the older I get, and the more I understand that this world in so many ways is really a valley of tears. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a day coming when there will be no more tears. And it's all tied to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what gives us hope for today. The third practical way, which I think the resurrection is so important for us as believers to understand is that Paul repeatedly ties it to the power that we have in Christ through the Holy Spirit who lives within us to live in victory, Mm. right? We've talked about, we're not perfect, but he is in the process of making us more like Christ. And I think of Philippians 3.10, where Paul says that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, not the power of calming the storm or even the power of raising the dead, but it is the power of resurrection. He, he says the same thing in Ephesians one, a great passage, wonderful prayer starts in verse 18, that the eyes of their understanding might be enlightened in verse 19, he says this, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe this is in accordance with the working of the strength of his might which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand so what i maybe you're in that moment where you're just some struggling with some sin uh, i don't know maybe it's maybe it's a, an attitude of of anger uh, maybe it's a it's a lust issue, porn. Maybe it, it's um, you know one I had had to deal with, right? Of wanting to eat too much, right? Whatever it is, right? That thing that seems to have power over us that we just seemingly can't shake. And what I want want to remind you, and I want to remind me, is that we have the Holy Spirit within us that allows us to touch into and tie into the power of the resurrection to live in victory. 
that our old nature, our old man was crucified with Christ and we have been raised in a new life, right? Raised in a new life, Romans 6. That's resurrection power. We don't have to live in bondage to sin. Yeah, that's 2 Corinthians 5 is what immediately jumped into my mind. Again, I know we had talked about that passage before, but one uh, one element of that passage we didn't quote before is uh, 2 Corinthians 5, I think it's 17. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. New creation. Uh, and and that's, that's right. It's through the power of Jesus' resurrection that when I place my faith and trust in him, God makes me alive. And it's, it says I'm like a brand new person. Old things are gone and all things have become new. I think I'm sounding like I'm preaching today, and I'm sorry, but this is just so, this to me is so important for Christians to understand. The fourth thing that the resurrection, why it has value today to our lives, and I think especially to us here in America, uh, you know, we touched on this, some are, are just so distraught with what is going on in our country and in our world, and yet what we see in 1 Corinthians 15, 25, he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. Jesus is Lord. Mm. Jesus is Lord. He's proved that. How? The resurrection. And everything is under his control. There is a day when Jesus is going to return. He is going to establish his kingdom that day is not here yet, but that is exactly where all of this is going. Jesus is Lord. And there's a day coming when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And to understand that though we might be ridiculed or mocked, some of you, uh, we've already been learning, not just even here in America, you you might even be facing this more where uh, you, you we're suffering persecution. And it doesn't seem fair. The resurrection reminds us of who ultimately is in control. And God is allowing this to play out. But he's told us how it's going to play out. And it's going to play out with his son returning and establishing his kingdom. Jesus is Lord. And he will reign until all enemies have been put under his feet. And then that last enemy that will be abolished, found in Revelation chapter 20, is death. And then it's gone. Jesus is Lord. So just know you're on the winning team. It may not seem like it today in what you're walking through. Uh, and the enemy might be trying to whisper in your ear, but Jesus is Lord. And we know that without a shadow of a doubt because he conquered death. He so, rose from the grave. So Steve, I'm, I'm not sure if you were planning on getting to this, but what you just said immediately in my mind, I'm thinking... Okay, well, here's one more thing, one more practical application of the resurrection is that it, for the believer, it creates an urgency to preach the gospel, to, to reach the world for Christ. Yeah. Jesus is coming back. Right. He's Lord. We have the message of salvation. We have the message of the atonement. We have the message of hope. And ultimately, out of all of these things, and we could go on, we could go on for many more podcasts talking about how the resurrection should impact our lives today. But I, because I think living on mission is 
absolutely one of them. And if you're a part of Desert Springs, you know we talk about this all the time. It's one of our three things. Engage with God, connect with others, live on mission. Living on mission is built on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, He's coming back. We're here as his ambassadors. As Richard mentioned, I think our previous uh, podcast, we are his ambassadors preaching the message of reconciliation. But let me let me finish with this one because the other thing the resurrection gives us is it just, you tie all this up. What it gives us is hope, hope. And there are so many Christians today mm-hmm. that I think are going through life without hope. They, they, whether it's the world scene, whether it's their situation, and they are just without hope. As a believer in Christ, the resurrected and living Savior, we should always be people of hope. Our God is the God of hope. And in the resurrection, we have a hope of a better day. We have the hope of the future. We have the the hope that comes in knowing that he's working in me now and can take even these difficult circumstances and making me more like Christ. There's just hope in whatever situation you're in. If you know Jesus because of the resurrection, there's hope. God is with you. He can use it. And, And that's that's the power of the resurrection. Steve, maybe on that note, maybe you could finish by responding to something here that it's an idea. I think you and I have actually talked about this before about people who are in a situation where they are hopeless and they're feeling the pressure of that hopelessness and they begin to put their hope in the wrong things. Uh, we live in, for example, in a very political society. And sometimes people get the idea that some political party or some political official is the source of hope. Maybe you just wrap it up by what, what, how do we keep from putting our hope in the wrong thing? We can go a few minutes longer. It's (laughs) okay. okay. I'm in charge of the clock. I'll say, let's go for a few more minutes. Sarah's giving you a couple more minutes. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of Christians in America are right now. There was always hope in a system. Mm-hmm. system of justice but now justice system there was there was hope in, in in government and they see betrayal there there was hope in a political party and or there's and, hope in a pastor or a church exactly yeah. absolutely and folk as a believer the one solid thing that we have on which all of our hope needs to be built is on Jesus. And it is the Jesus who not only was our atonement, but the Jesus who has conquered death, proven himself to be a God and the Lord of the ages. And if you put your hope in him, he's never going to let you down. He's never going to fail. It doesn't mean there's not going to be hard times. Not going to mean that you're going to understand necessarily everything. But it means that he is the one who is working, who holds us in the palm of his hands, who has promised us a better day when we go to be with him. We are to be the people of hope. I think that's what sets us apart of people in the world. Yeah, so put your hope in Jesus. Put your hope in Jesus. So there's a song we sing here at Desert Springs. And before, when we've brought up songs, we've been somewhat criticizing them, but I'm going to, I wasn't being critical. <laughs> but there's, a song, there's a song we sing and I just love this verse. And I think it just totally brings together everything we've said in last week's episode and this week's. 
And on the day you call me in to heaven's sweet embrace, I'll see your scars, your open arms, the beauty of your face. Through tears of joy, I'll lift my voice in everlasting praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Christ is risen from the grave. Yep. That's Christ is risen by Mac Brock. That'll be linked in the show notes. This has been, I would say, probably one of the most powerful episodes we've done so far. This is one I would encourage everyone to share. Share this episode. I mean, we hope you've been sharing other ones, but... But share this episode, put it out on your social media, send it to your friends, send it to your family. This is what what we want people to know. So thank you so much for joining us. Next week is Thanksgiving, which we're excited about, and we're going to talk about that. So we hope you'll join us next Tuesday. Thanks for listening to Resident Strangers, a podcast ministry of Desert Springs Community Church in Goodyear, Arizona. Resident Strangers is hosted by Steve Ingram, Rich Holland, and me, Sarah Shallow. Our show is produced by Brandon and Brittany Petrie, and again, me, Sarah Shallow. If you like our podcast, please remember to share, subscribe, leave a review, and visit dscchurch.com for more information. Yeah.